just walking over to see somebody now we stand lads outside old trafford and i saw binzi and i said a say hello to him and he wasn't even going to be on this podcast and he came straight up to me and what did you say get that fucking recorder on now what did i say get that fucking rashford that bruno fernandez Ericsson, get the fucking lot of them out of here. They're no, fucking the shit. You can't just get rid of players in September, Binzi, because they've had a few bad games. They've got contracts. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. I get that you're frustrated by them. Nah, and Saturday nah. was horrific. Rashford's had a, a good season, like half a season. Like, listen, for me, he's get him out. I don't want him here anyway. He's not for me. It's like the fucking eight seventies and the eighties all over again. What? Violence outside. Football no, no, stadium. the fucking shit performance by the cl- by the oh, players. That was awful, Palace, wasn't it? Disgraceful. You predicted a three-one win. That's my heart, my fucking brain. Now I wouldn't be surprised if we got beat tonight. To be honest, against with you. Galatasaray. Yeah. What do you yep. know about Turkey's biggest club, Binzi? <laughs> you know, you were with my pals, Andy, in the same hotel. <laughs> <laughs> the hotel Tansa. Um, oh, welcome to hell. Many Turkish fans around tonight. Lo- oh, loads, loads of them. But they're all right, you know. Yeah, I know they are, and they've got very good support. And yeah. They're really loud and vocal. Jim Bonbon. I love watching football there. Oh, they're passionate, Jim aren't they? anthem. I know. Hope out of adversity. Get rid of that fucking Sancho. Get him out in January. No, I won't pay them in washers, me. Fucking... What's wrong with Rashford? Why won't he pass to Hoyland? Is he, I don't know, what's he after? A new fucking Bentley? Well, is he? Um, That's but, an but understatement. They've got, they've got contracts. I mean, the manager's got to manage them, hasn't he? It's, yeah. It's, it's difficult and it's frustrating. It's going to be difficult. And it's shit at the moment. Because of back. the shit he's got. Binzi, take me back to happier times. Take me back. Somewhere in Happy. your life when things were good. Just treble in Barcelona. Were you there? <laughs> yes, I was there. How did you get there? Oh, we flew, I think, yeah. Flew. Where did you go? Just on the Ramblers. Yeah, behaving yourself, Benzie. All the time, all the time. A good, honest tourist. Yeah, no, I wanted to see the Reds win, didn't Did I? you? I've waited 20 fucking six years to win the title. No skirmishes? It looks like it'll be... No, you're in Barcelona. Barcelona. Oh, it was, it was 1999, it was all right then. Yeah. What was that pub called? The Robin Hood, about looking four floors of it. Yeah, on the Rambler. Yeah, La Rambla. Speak a bit of Spanish. Hola. <laughs> One word. Dígame. A... Adonde. Peligroso. Dangerous. I tell you what, it's Where fucking is? peligroso for Ten Hag. If he don't get a result tonight, the knives will be out for him. Yeah. And I, I know I mean, his hands are tied. Yeah. And now, no, I mean, and another right. thing for all you Reds, burn that Radcliffe's fucking car if you see him. I do not want that Radcliffe here. Sir Jim Ratcliffe S- Local boy Oh is he? Grew up near you Yeah no he fucking didn't Fucking knows you Does he? Just matter, used I to do with not want to see him here My man wouldn't entertain a rat like that um, So you would prefer the Qatari bit? Absolutely Have you got any worries about sports washing? Well it's been going on for since fucking Sheikh Mansour arrived hasn't it? And what's his Abramovich should United necessarily go down that path? What path is that, Andy? Sports you mean question. the path fucking Louis State. fucking Edwards was going down? State ownership. Would you be comfortable with that? Yeah, why not? As long as they get Man United winning trophies, I don't give a fuck who owns them. And um, why the issue with Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos? Because I think he's full of shit. He's not got. T- I've got more money than Ratcliffe, I tell you that now. I mean, he's Britain's richest man. 
And Tor is he? Torbin's it. No, no, no. No, no, he isn't. The Duke of, um, what's he called? Westminster. Westminster. He's Sitting Britain's richest down. man. And then um, you're third or fourth, aren't you? <laughs> Rack Ratcliffe. Mick Jagger's got more fucking money than him. Ratcliffe. I mean, Binzi. No, he's a snake. Binzi. Anyone Binzi. who wants to get into bed with the Glazers is a fucking okay, listen, snake. I take this point, but he has got proven money. And I'm not I'm not saying that he's the panacea to Manchester United problems, by the way. No, he might have it on paper, because he owns a company or he owns a few fucking houses. He's, got money. he's clearly got money. Has he? And he's clearly got money. Well, why don't he buy it? Well, I think work. he wants to, but they don't want to sell it. That's the problem. All oh, right. So we'd be buying a minority stake, according to the latest reports, which were double-sourced. I'm not easy about the whole thing, Binzi, at all. No. What I would like is some clarity, because it's dragging on for far too long. I don't think anyone wants to see the Glazer they're not stay gonna in charge. Go to, they're not going to go to lane one and go. You were spotted in a bar with Avram Glazer recently. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'd have not fuck out of him if I'd have been in that bar. No, they fucked this place up. I feel like it's the 70s and the 80s when we were... All we had was a cup run. FA Cup, FA Cup, fucking hell. Brian Robson carried us for fucking 10 years. Do you know, we're playing Galatasaray tonight and I spoke to Robbo, did a big interview with him two years ago. And he, he, he picked out one player who he said was the most difficult to play against in his career. And I thought he'd be a Maradona Platini. And it was two guys, the Galatasaray midfielder, who went to Blackburn. It really surprised me. Yeah. He said he played so deep, I didn't know whether to go for him or not. I thought it was really interesting. And he said his passing range was exceptional. Just thought that was worthy of telling you, Binzi. Yeah, about well, he wasn't play. better than Robbo, was well, he? Robson so. was brilliant, wasn't he? Brilliant. Yeah. He carried United, didn't he? Brilliant. For ten years he carried us. Yeah. Who've we got Even out there? Wonder. Like, Who's out there now? Who's what? a fighter out there? What would he be worth, Robson, now, out there? Just off the scale, wasn't it? 100 mil, 150 oh, mil. Oh, he's the best yeah. player. He's a captain. He was brilliant. Big Ron got it right. <coughs> it's not even a thing, this. He's gold. What did he say? It's not even a risk. Yeah, well, it wasn't. And hey, let's not forget Remy Moses. Yeah. Great player. You ever come across him? I seen him here last week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? I know Remy. Do you? Yeah. Right. He don't do interviews. No, I know he, he doesn't. Don't, he don't do he, all that. All right. He, like he's him. the only player. Well, I've not interviewed. Right. From United. I'll tell you since what. Since the start I'll of ask, the 80s. I'll ask for you, Andy. Right. I'll ask for you. Because he's a bit of a cult hero among lads of a certain age. Because he was a belting player. Can I have a score prediction for tonight then? Oh. Right, let me try reverse psychology. 3-1 um, to Galatasaray from me. Uh, well, the defence is shit, so they're going to get one. So 2-1, 3-1 United. You're still an optimist, aren't you? Right, Binzi, starting Andy. raining. But you you know the, the ones I want out, I don't care. Who the Glazers? And Rashford. And Martial. <laughs> and Ericsson. I don't even like Delot, to be honest with you. Delot. Delot, whatever he's fucking called. Right. Honestly. I, I, I never thought I'd I say he's this. Been one of our better I wish Luke had come back because. I think Delot's been one of our, our better players recently. That's what I mean. That's what I mean, we're in trouble then, aren't we? These aren't good times. No, we've been down this road before though, haven't we? I'm outside the Galatasaray section now, speaking to a group of supporters. What's your name, where are you from? My name is Sinan. 
I live in London from Turkey. How are you feeling about the game tonight, Sinan? I feel like we're going to win. Yeah? Yes. How long have you been a Galatasaray supporter? Since I was born. Yeah? Yes. And did you, were you born in UK or born I was in born in Istanbul. Right. Then I moved to London two years ago. Right. I've been following Galatasaray anywhere they go. Really? Yes. So you've travelled to games yes, when you were living in game. Turkey? Yes. Every game? Almost every oh, game. Away games as well? Away games I'm talking about, of yeah. course. Yeah. So in Europe and domestically, have you ever been to like Trasbon or... Trabzon, of course I've been to Trabzon. Yeah? Yes. How many fans would Galatasaray take to Bursaspor, for example, for a Bursa league support. game? Yeah, 2,000 for a league game. In any, every away game, we're present. So, of course, at least 1,000 is enough to dominate any stadium. Who have been your best players this year? Icardi? Icardi, for sure. Mm. Torreira. Yeah. Muslera. Yeah. Uh, now we have made additions like Zaha, Tete. So we have a, we created a really good team. We're gonna damage Manchester United. You're, for com- sure. you're confident. Of course, I'm confident. Yeah. Yes. Because United are struggling, or because Galatasaray are doing Galatasaray so well. Galatasaray plays to win. Mm. We're gonna go to Munich. Many expect us to lose. We're gonna play to win. Doesn't matter the outcome, but we are always go to win. How many fans are you bringing to Old Trafford tonight? At least three, four thousand. And how many of them will come from Turkey? And how many from like London and the areas of London? Like we have a big European yeah. fan group. Uh, from, at from Germany, at least from, uh, from Germany, France, Italy, everywhere, yeah. and London and UK, and half from Turkey, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Describe your rivalries with Fenerbahce, with Besiktas. We don't like to talk about them when we're in the Champions League because they can compete <laughs> here. So we only talk about European football here. Who are your greatest ever Galatasaray players? Haji. Yeah. Haji. Georgi Haji. Georgi Haji. Uh, recently, some iconic players like Drogba, Snyder, who played for a little time, but uh, big legends in their, career, their careers uh, and they played they made big, big impacts in Galatasaray. Icardi is uh, potential to be one of them but Taferal, Haji, Drogba, Snyder, some Turkish legends as well. Tugay? Tugay of course yeah. who played in England for a long time. Uh, we also value our uh, young players as well yeah. so we hope to make an impact here tonight. tonight. Eleven years ago, I came to Istanbul to write an article about Galatasaray where I brought a sound recorder because you had the loudest fans in the world. 131 decibels. Uh, well, I was holding... You were in the Fenerbahce game? Yeah, I was holding the recorder. Oh, nice. I, I was the person holding I it. was in that game. Okay. Nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, it's a normal day for us. So it might be a media day for you, but it's a normal day for us. And we're going to show that tonight. Yeah? Yes. So you, you, your philosophy is to sing non-stop, to get behind your team. Even if, what if you're losing 3-0 tonight? We might. It's a very possible outcome. If you ask 100 people, 90 would say we're going to lose against United. Uh, but the reason we come here is because we believe that we're going to win. And we have the power and we have the potential to do so. So uh, that's why we come here. We're going to support them no matter what. That's how we come to every game. We don't come to games uh, thinking we're gonna draw or we're gonna lose we're gonna come and support as we're gonna win why would a young lad like you move from Istanbul to London uh, I went to university abroad since I when I was 18 and then since then I've been abroad but doing business with Turkey as well um, 
it's a different life. Everyone has a different life. It's a very population in Turkey, so you can you're gonna find every sort of people. But uh, for me, it's just being abroad, but supporting and loving my country from abroad. And Galatasaray is my one of my biggest passions in life, so uh, I'll go wherever they go. And there's a big Turkish diaspora in in Germany, as we've said, in France, yes. parts of London, like Stoke Newington. It's a big Turkish area. Tottenham. There's a very big Turkish uh, crowd. Manchester. In Manchester, I know. I don't know. It's my first time coming to Manchester. We played Manchester ten years ago. Yeah. I wasn't able to come here. I went to the game in. Uh, it was a draw, and then yeah. in Istanbul we won one nil. But uh, I wasn't able to come here. It's my first time in Manchester. I love Manchester as well. Uh, hope you see them beat. My friends are calling me, so we have to go inside now. Thank you for your time. Thank uh, you very much. And um, very much. can I have a sc- score prediction from each of you? Two one Galatasaray. Uh, two two. One zero Galatasaray. Thank you, all of you. This United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Improve Easy. Improve Easy are helping United fans save money on their energy bills by installing home improvement measures such as free solar panels, free boilers and free insulation. All you need to do is text the word EASY to 60777 to see if you qualify. There's government money there and it's aimed at helping people like you make your energy bills much better. So if you text the word EASY, E-A-S-Y, to 60777, give it a go. Why not? There might be money there for you, and you might be missing out if you don't. That's Improve Easy. Text 60777 to see if you might be able to get free solar panels, boilers or free insulation in your house. And with the world's most miserable man, Martin, just just say something positive about anything. Positive about what, United? Who have you been drinking with? Oh, I don't don't disclose who I've been drinking with. Tell me something, right, because if I ask you about United, you're going to be on a massive downer. Oh, fuck. Who who have they got? I mean, these these ten hard buys are bad. Come on, you've got to admit it, his buys are bad. He keeps playing that Lindelof. Why didn't he just play on Maguire? He can't be as bad as him. Do you know what I mean? You like Harry? He's better than Lindelof. Lindelof's nothing. He's a car crash anyway. Lindelof, isn't he? Galatasaray. What what brings jumps to your mind when I say that word? 1993. Jim Bomb Bomb. Did you go? Yeah, of course I went, yeah. Did you get in? Yeah, I got in, yeah. You didn't get nicked? No. Is that the best atmosphere you've ever experienced? Yeah, I was saying that to my drinking partner the other night. I said that's the best... All the football, I've been to football, you know Andy, I've been to football everywhere, right? I've never ever heard or seen atmosphere like that. Galatasaray, 93, 0-0. Describe it. Well, put it this way, we got in, we was one of the last to get in the ground, they searched everyone, took the coins off them, took the cameras off them, uh, batteries out the cameras so they couldn't sling them. Then you get to the top of the stairs, you've got a, co- a coffin all covered in blood with Manchester, you die on it. And then the song, I can't really say it, I, your mother, I, your sister. I fuck your mother. Uh, I fuck your sister, Manchester. The whole fucking ground. I fuck your arsehole, Manchester. Was the end. The was whole, it? the whole ground. And then when you get the Turkish president, yeah, stood there with a big turkey flag, waving it on, on the stand. <laughs> Unbelievable. I tell you what. And then I went the following year. It was nothing. And I've been twice since. I'm going again with the missus because I love Istanbul. Yeah, it's a great city, isn't it? Uh, and they are amazing fans. <laughs> Look at me tonight. I'm all right. The, don't get me wrong. They come from all over England and all, all over, even from Europe. They come from. I mean, I've worked Turkish teams abroad. Who's it? Who did work? Trabzon Sport in Belgium. They were all. They were all Cockneys. 
were they? Yeah. So they come from all over, so. Oh, we, I can't say it's winning this year. Well, the European Cup this year. We'll be looking. I tell you what, even if we get into the Europa League, next season we'll be looking to make the conference. The way United played at the minute, we'll be looking to make the conference because Brighton's come on, Arsenal's come on, Tottenham's come on. They keep going on about Tenag. That Posta Coglu's gone in there and he's picked up players that Conte didn't fancy. And he's played the, the team. That's on. I'd buy him tomorrow. Buy him tomorrow for United. Is it going to come? Not going to sell. No, it. but I, you know, if, if he was, everyone's got a price. Well, Larry Kane had a price. He's not going to. He's not going to sell to United. Daniel, leave it. Well, since we bought Berbatov. Well, a lot's changed since then, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, Tenag wanted Kane. Yeah, but yeah, but then you, you go back to Solskjaer wanted, Ireland wanted you know, a few players. You know, like we've got a man. You've been reading my that. interviews, Martin. No, no, I've seen you on Sky. That's what it is. <laughs> Prediction for tonight? Yeah. 2 1 United, hopefully. I thought you'd be more miserable than that. Bit, a bit optimistic for you. Thank you for your time. <laughs> See you later. Tell him he was asking for him. Yeah, I do. Aloud, you can hear him now. Come on, Reds, get into these. Okay, so you heard the team there. Um, obviously, still missing key players. Listen to them. Game on. There's now an hour gone, and it's one all between United and Galatasaray. Once again, United started well. Once again, United's heads dropped when they conceded a goal. Erasmus Hoyland has been the best player for United so far, working really hard. Just put the ball in the net, but he was offside. But he did score the first goal early on. Um, the away fans are loud. I can smell sulphur after some flares have been let off from the away end. Um, the United end without the Red Army is not as loud as normal. Galatasaray are doing what Palace did the other day, just defending, defending well. But actually Galatasaray looked much more dangerous when they came out in the second half. But the pressure's now on United and we've just heard that Copenhagen have gone a goal up. Not that the players would know that. United are overthinking things, shooting left of goal, right of goal. I just worry that the tension increases. And United failed to win another game, but the 
atmosphere is ramping up a little bit. Stretford Ends found its voice with a primal United, United, United. There's a beautiful ball from Christian Eriksen towards Marcus Rashford. Oh my, oh my, so it's 2 all. Anana's having an absolute nightmare. And he just passed the ball to tries uh, Mertens. Akadi took a penalty. Casemiro was sent off because he was already on a yellow. Akadi missed a penalty. United are now down to 10 men with 12 minutes to go. Anana is having an absolutely horrendous game. He's completely cost his side. And who knows what's going to happen in the final 12 minutes. My word. So, Galatasaray fans all over the main stand here. They've won the match. I'm with oh, David yeah. May. This is terrible, David. It's not good, is it? It's not good. I mean, to concede three goals, goals at home, uh, it's uh, it's not good, mate. The defending wasn't wasn't good. When you get chances, you've got to take them. Six defeats in the opening ten games for United. It is a spectacular loss of form. I couldn't have seen this coming at all. Oh, you couldn't do. You couldn't do. I mean, injuries are one thing, but it's more than that. And yeah, I look at I look at the way we, we played. We played well in, in really good patches. We started well. Started really well. Got the goal when we needed to. But then you let you know as a defender, one one thing you can't do is let the ball bounce. We taught that as an early age. And once he lets the ball bounce, he's always struggling. The low. They get a little bit of luck, yeah, the deflection, but have to do better there. And obviously the second goal, we get we get lucky to be fair because you know they miss a penalty. Casemiro gets sent off. You think, oh, half a chance. Well, just to defend is, you, you, as I say, you can't, you can't concede three goals at home and expect to win. Now it's clearly a horrendous night. It will be remembered for being a horrendous night. Galatasaray's first ever win in England, their first win in a Champions League away game for 17 games. I mean, the fans here are going incredible. Um, if I can just pick out one positive, I thought Hoyland. Outstanding. Yeah, that's about it. Outstanding, yeah. mate. Tell you what, he led the line. At times he had two or three players on him. Held the ball up. I spoke to Big Peter at half-time. And he said he's going to be an absolute top, top player. And you can see that. The second goal was brilliant. You know, he's got half the pitch to run into. So much things are going through his head. And he took his goal brilliant. And I thought, go on, go on, win the game. Go on, get your hat-trick. Like Rooney did that that many years ago. Just never happened. But uh, it's going to be some night for them in, in Manchester. My word. Where do United go from here? I mean, at Brentford at home on Saturday, I'm worried sick. Hey, this is where your characters come out. This is where your leaders come out now. Are there any? That's what I worry. That's what I'm worried about. Well, that's what you're looking at now. You've got to look at the leaders in the team. You've got to dust yourself down. It's an old adage. 
next game you've just got to turn up and make sure you get the three points for the lads and for the fans. Thank you for your time. Cheers mate. I'm working out the ground now. It's an hour or so after the final whistle. There's probably 500 fans waiting for the players to come out. There are two buses there for the uh, Galatasaray team. There are a lot of Galatasaray fans around this area, as there were in the stadium. So as well as the 3,500 away fans, who were loud as we always expected them to be, I would estimate there were around 1,000, 1,500 Galatasaray fans in the main stand, which seats uh, just over 8,000. I would say there were another 400 who came together at the end in the north stand and then there were fans scattered around the second tier of the stand which begs several questions how did they get tickets because we've got to be a member of Manchester United to apply for tickets did they buy tickets which were sold as corporate hospitality packages did they just buy them on the black market because Manchester United fans passed them over or sold them uh, profit to, to Galatasaray fans. So that's a side issue of the game. I've just asked several Manchester United players to stop and talk. None of them did do. And some of them spoke to television, which they're contractually obliged to do. But I wasn't working for television uh, this evening. They basically politely said uh, no, which is disappointing, but not entirely unexpected. And it's an hour six defeat in 10 games so far this season. So it's worrying, really concerning times. And I don't think that Eric Tenag's job is under threat anytime soon, but I think alarm bells are, are ringing. But what does that even mean? I'd say we're still very early on in the season. It'll be given time to turn it around and the club will ignore most of the online fury. But this is completely unexpected. United did well last season and to see the form slump is, is massively concerning. I mean, United start games well, then the heads go down. And yes, uh, there are lots of injuries. And yes, you wouldn't wish it on any manager to have the first four best left-backs at the club unable to play at left-back. And that results in Amrabat playing there and he's targeted by rival managers. We saw that again tonight, which you would do if you're an opposing manager. And United conceded three goals at Old Trafford. Rasmus Hoyland was just about the only bright spot in the game tonight. Looks like a really good player, young lad leading the line well. Uh, I asked Andre Nana if he'd speak and he said, uh, no, no, sorry. Um, what can he say after what happened there? He had a, a horrendous night um, after not a bad start as a United player, but he's making too many errors now and they are becoming extremely costly. Champions League qualification isn't a given for Manchester United, but the club is absolutely geared up towards uh, appearing in the Champions League. And... United have lost their opening two games in this Champions League. Six points already behind Bayern Munich. I just can't see where the wins are coming from. Copenhagen are a good, a good team. And United keep losing football matches. Something has got to change.
and I'm not even confident going into the game against Brentford at the weekend because United are, are bobbins at the moment. Uh, what else? I spoke to Casimiro, didn't want to speak either. Rafael Baram. Um, United look so vulnerable. It is completely alarming to watch them play. And I think the fans were pretty supportive tonight. It's a shame there was no Red Army section inside the ground tonight. And I think Stratford End lost that, that organisation an orchestration that can come when the Red Army section is in there and would have been better with them inside the ground against Galatasaray because that was a big European match. It was a must win and United didn't win it. The way we're looking at the moment, United will be lucky to get that third place finish and get into the Europa League, which is probably a truer reflection of where Manchester United are at the moment. This is not a team that looks like it can come close to winning the Champions League. It doesn't look close to winning a football game at the moment. That's how bad it is. United will win again, of course. The season will turn. A run of good form, I say, is inevitable because I'm just looking back at the history of Manchester United in the last 10 years. There's always been good runs of form. And too many seasons were started in a really poor manner like this one. But six wins out of the first 10. Could not see that. I really could not see that coming at all. I thought United would kick on this season. You know, um, in Las Vegas, pre-season, I, I did a job with some former United players and I was asked, where do you think United finish? And I said third. And one of them, with 400 and odd games, he just laughed at me. He said, not a chance. He said seventh. And I said, not a chance. He's looking far more accurate than, than I am at the moment so it's now close to midnight at Old Trafford we're going to be reading and hearing lots of inquests over the next couple of days what's going wrong with Manchester United my phone's going to start ringing in the morning it doesn't happen when the team are winning as often as it does when the team are losing it remains a huge story massive story and the story is that Manchester United have uh, lost again second consecutive European game after the Seville uh, game at Old Trafford second lost the Bayern Munich game as well so that's three straight defeats in Europe now we can use all the statistics we like we know what we see with our own eyes and what we see is a, a team who are for many reasons nowhere near good enough at the moment if there was anything positive from Tuesday, apart from Hoyland, it was that the under-19s beat Galatasaray 3-0 at Lee Sports Village in the UEFA Youth League. I went along to that game and I spoke to the manager, Travis Binion, after the match, after an impressive performance. Here he is. Just at Lee Sports Village where it started lagging it down. Manchester United's 19s have just beaten Galatasaray 3-0 and with the manager, Travis Binion. What, what did you make of that? I thought um, after the Bayern game, which was sort of an eye-opener for our players, we, we went into that game with real confidence and the, really the first hour of the game, they were far better than us. Um, new competition, new, new way of playing, if you like, in terms of the, the games are slower, they're more tactical. Um, 
in that game, I felt we finished strong, but we, we definitely deserved to lose. So today, we've come into this knowing that we need a result and we've changed the shape a little bit. Um, so I felt like we grew into the game and we finished the game really strongly. And I, I feel like the lads have developed through the game, working the opposition out and going, you know what, I think we, we think we're better than these. And then they expressed themselves more as it went on. How useful is it to be playing the shadow Champions League matches, going to Bayern, seeing the setup yeah. there, seeing some of the players that they had, very yeah. different team, different yeah. age profiles. Yeah. What can you learn? What can it, the players learn? Well, it's amazing because you get a couple of days leading. We don't tend to do that with the, the, the normal 18s and 21s games. We get the opportunity to look at how the first team are going to set up um, and we're in their meetings. So you get it. Not to say that every youth team and first team plays the same but there's definitely you'd like to think some correlation there so you understand how they're going about it then you get a chance to break that down and go oh, can we do exactly the same if not how do we try and make it look the same with maybe a different shape or personnel so the learning that, that goes on um, is brilliant and the, the games are priceless um, so yeah it's, yeah, it's a top competition. And the players are in shadow meetings or just you as coaching uh, staff? No, just the coaching staff. But um, obviously you've seen today, yeah. Dan and Amari have played. Mm. Um, they are around the first team every day. So they bring that um, rubber stamp, if you like, of the way the first team play and bring that calmness and, and quality. Um, so, yeah, that's they're not all in it, but obviously lads will be lads are in it all the time, as you know, Andy. Um, but not specifically in those meetings. How do they adapt? Someone like Danny, who a week ago was playing in front of 70,000 yeah. people, he seems to just have that mentality to come here. Yeah, he has to play. So, yeah. it's especially in that respect, like he, he has to play. So, obviously, he wants to play in the first team, and credit to the manager and the staff, they might look at it and go tonight, what are the chances of, of Dan getting on the pitch uh, with certain players back? He could get on the bench. We, we might be a couple of that on the bench tonight, but in, the manager's after the players' development. He wants Dan and Amari to keep playing and stay sharp and bring them good habits to the group. And it's a test for them. Let's be right, like Fletch and, and staff are here today. They'll be looking at those two players going, like, what are you like mentality-wise? Not really bothered about the quality. They know they've got quality. They'll be like, can they do what's required today to help what is a younger group of players? Have um, you, sorry, I was going to say, have you noticed that Dan's changed? Because it feels like from the FA Youth Cup side, he feels like he's... Yeah. He stands a bit taller, takes a bit more on himself. Yeah, I think he's always had that confidence, but the experiences he's had in his getting mm. um, and the success he has, like, let's be right, I don't remember too many games across the last two and a half years that Dan Gore's played in that the team's actually lost. Right? It's, a, <laughs> it's a fair point. Like, he's not in the Bolton game. We'd, we'd probably lose that game regardless. But Stockport he played in, um, he makes a huge difference to everyone around him because of his mentality. Uh, and he makes, he gives other players confidence and allows other people to play and, and leads by example. So, and he's done that, listen, I've known him since 14, he's done that uh, since I came to the football club. So I think he's progressing really well. I think the manager uh, thinks that as well and, and rewarded him last week. And he has the mentality to, to keep kicking on, I've no doubt about that. It's, a, it's easy to hype players up. Someone like Shay Lacey has spoken about a lot. Yeah. He didn't really do much in Munich because of the no. way things were going. Yeah. but today came on and looked lively is that the kind of player that listen he's got loads of ability so we, we don't hype him up other people do that he's got lots to learn um, but the quality is there for all to see so he's got to make sure his mentality and his and his uh, how he sees things in games and grows in games matches that talent and if it does then he can keep getting better and better and you've seen today with a pass for Amari and, and, and 
coming on, he made a, he made a real difference. And his learning is from that buying game where we're not very good. How does he stay on the pitch? And it, it could have been anyone to take off, but it was him. To today, uh, he was due to start, um, but obviously the manager made a couple of players available and, and he understands that Amari's three years older than him, he's a talented player himself. But then to, to be able to come on and affect it like he did is, is really positive and, and that's what he's got to take from these two uh, youth league games.